Welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make the Elm City tick, which is what the pundits are doing this Friday. It's Pundit Friday here in the WNHH studio with the number one pundits of the media universe. There we go. That's right. Pundits like Babs Rolls Ivy in her final hour of service this week. Behind the mic, the daily, the host of the daily Love Babs Love Talk Show and the editor of the Inner City News. Boy, that paper's looking good these days, Babs. Isn't it? It is. Thank you. You got it happen. Thank you, New Haven Independent. (laughs) Way to go, way to go. And we got star New Haven Independent reporter Markeisha Ricks. She might be in Hartford. She might be at City Hall. She might be running around town. Every day's a different story. I demand a new title. Title. <laughs> Got any in mind? Like, can I be like the fly jock? Can I, I need something oh. like that? That the the commuter express reporter. Or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need some zing in my morning. I'm just saying. Commuter express reporter. I like that. <laughs> We got the bravest man in New Haven, WNHH station manager Harry Joseph, comes back and forth in the middle of the night to make sure that this station is on the air. Harry. Yes. We got the publisher of La Voz Hispana, Norma Rodriguez Reyes. Good morning, Norma. Hola. 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 Okie dokie. We got one other guy here, too. Yeah. Spanish for hola. There's somebody else in the studio, too. One other pundit. Oh, oh God. You know, who he is? You, know, you know what they call Take a little nap, I think. You, you know what they call this guy? What's that? They call him the mellifluous and meritocratic minor of melody. Oh the plow driver of peace. The driver out of demons, discord, and dissonance. He's the optimizer of opulence and opportunity. The undertaker of unfiltered utterance. The erudite earl of ergonomics. The liberated lion of lucidity. Love the it. maniacal monarch of mercy. The blistering barbecuer of brain-dead bozos. He's our existen- ex- executioner of existential enemies the alchemist of assonance and alliteration they call him the zealous zapper of xenophobia the sagacious sergeant sultan of swing the quintessential quipper of quotable quackery the grandee of grandiloquence and gastronomics he's our prize protector against pusillanimity the distinguished duke of diplomacy and detente the king of conspiracy concoction the deacon of the dozens the bodhisattva of battle rap the missionary of modesty mesmerizer of the masses shaman of the shoreline potato of 360 state the recognized ringleader of risque repartee he's the eighth wonder of the world the wizard of wise guide waggery the capo of casual Woo! conversation. First name in flame, daring dawn of dope deliberation, Sultan of spit, West Indian whisperer of yeah. rock, the emperor of explosive <laughs> exposition, esteemed elucidator of ebonics, top tier talent from Trinidad and Tobago, yeah, man. the daptone deliverer of decency, <laughs> the maximal medio maestro, the bodacious, bold-faced barista of Bob, yeah. the chess master of chill, the primo <laughs> practitioner of pop, presentation, <laughs> the beyond just somewhat honorable high priest of hip-hop, right reverend of rapture, reigning raconteur of riffitude, sanctified slayer of the slow-witted, never late for supper, decorated, dazzling, indefatigable, of the dinner dishes, <laughs> maximum exologist Joe Ugly <laughs> of the Joe Ugly Show. That's a like for me. In Happy the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I smell venom. <laughs> no, jealousy, jealousy. Same thing. <laughs> well, welcome, folks. No, this is real petty. I repeat these names. We're ready after that. We're okay, ready now, how to be pe- pundit. You want to talk about petty. <laughs> how petty was it that you got a police officer who's mm-hmm. assigned to a school, mm-hmm. and not just any school, 
a school that challenge is for kids who have been arrested mm-hmm. or have had trauma, like really horrible things happen in their lives, right? They're at this small turn of school. And there's a police officer, and he's actually got a, a good guy. He was the valedictorian, Eli Whitney, who's grown up as the army for I think 14 years. Mm. He's a young cop. He goes to school, and he starts giving lectures to the kids, boys separate, girls separate, about how to respect each other's bodies. Don't look at your booty, or whatever words he uses, words that they could respond to, and they mm. kind of look up to him. Turns out he's been hitting on these. And we're not just alleging this. This is proven in an internal affairs report that was made public this week. He's hitting on the teachers, hitting on the principal, claiming he didn't because he knew she was gay. That was his defense. Um, and then he's hanging out in the computer room with this 18-year-old student there and her friend, two women, young women. They're looking at their Facebook profiles. He's standing very close to them, making comments how she looks. Over here is that this woman is working after school at a smoothie joint on the shoreline, goes there in uniform. Says, hey, come back to my place. I'll give you a massage. She said, no, thanks. I don't do that kind of thing. She gets nervous. He won't leave. She buys him his smoothie, uses her like one. I'm allowed to buy one smoothie a night for him. Then when he leaves, she's kind of nervous to leave because he's still there. Then he starts Snapchatting her for repeatedly, not just that day, for weeks. Saying, come on, go out with me. Don't tell me I'm saying this. And uh, finally she complained and they did an investigation. So he got found to have violated a departmental order about conduct on becoming an officer. He was found to have violated the city's policy on computer use because he was using a a government computer to harass this woman. And he got 10 days suspension, unpaid. Three more in abeyance means the chief anytime could do the other three if he wants. And he got transferred. He's not going to be in the school anymore. He's not going to be on the SWAT team anymore. He was also on the SWAT team? He was. So now he's patrolling neighborhoods. I don't know if it's this it's that neighborhood good? or not. Is that safe? So, of course, anytime something like this happens, readers get very upset and said, why didn't you fire this guy? Mm-hmm. Police chief says he didn't commit a crime. He wasn't found to have committed a crime. He did a lot of this when he wasn't at work. I hate what he did. And the stuff he did on work, I and other people, John Vilecka was here. He's a, police, a former police chief. He was in there saying, you know, that is, he says that is serious consequences that in the past but stuff like this. If you're in your uniform. Yeah. If you're in your uniform, right, and you're mm-hmm. doing these things, doesn't that count? It did count, although the woman never got um, punished. There was this captain who, in her uniform, was when got mad at some guy in a Walmart parking lot and threw his video camera phone on the ground when he got mad at her. But that was a whole other story why she didn't get um, disciplined for that. But uh, so that so Babs kind of hit the nail on the head. People feel that he definitely should be fired. Harry Jones here was arguing with John Vilecka the other day, and John Vilecka said, "Look, you got to be careful on these things. One of all, you got to look at precedent, mm-hmm. and that you got to make sure there's not a lawsuit on this. Second of all, he said there was no crime, mm-hmm. and third of all, you got to look at like let's say I'm a police chief. He gave this compelling example. He said, let's say I had a brother who died of heroin overdose. He was talking hypothetically, and then I'm a police chief, and then." A, someone is caught selling five bags of heroin. I'm going to want that guy put away forever because I'm so mad, but you can't make that decision based on that way because Harry was saying what a lot of people felt like, if that were my daughter, are you kidding? I'd be so mad. I want him back to you. know, I want him patrolling. He might be in the neighborhood of some other, he'd be Predator and some other kids. And that he, John Valleca was saying, you can't do it on emotion like that, mm-hmm. that there are gradations of error. And that that you have, what is the purpose of this? I would say the messed up thing, though, is if her dad goes into the street and punches that particular cop in the face, he's going to jail. 
But that still doesn't mean he should be fired, right? I'm not taking a stand on this, by the way. I do see it both might, sides. It might make him a target. And I see what, that's, and I see what Bab, that's <laughs> we'll true. We'll fire actually. him for his own safety. That's true. And, and, but Bab's I mean, I think, you know what, uniform, here's the thing. And th- this is the problem I have with this whole conversation is that, you know, we're not protecting the young woman's right to exist without being harassed. We're just not doing that. We're saying, we're trying to figure out ways to keep him in his job. Which which I think is insulting to her as someone who has been in a position to have been taken advantage of as a kid. I certainly understand. I know firsthand what that feels like when the adults around you don't protect you, but they protect other adults. And so what is she to think? What is she to think that I told my truth about what happened to me? And therefore, I'm they're like, oh, we're so sorry this happened to you go to school, do whatever you have to do. And meanwhile, the conversation is about this predatory behavior, which they know is predatory behavior because they have a history of this predatory behavior with this person. So can I play devil's advocate? I don't yeah. at all Then wanna, you know what? Then you know what? Sit him in the office and don't ever let him walk the streets. Yeah, I don't want to down at all downplay what you were saying because that is the most important issue here is the safety of that young woman and whether she's believed and if she's protected do you think the police chief would have a fair argument to say i did protect you i took him out of the school right i disciplined him right. or would you say this, he's still this, out gen- on the street? This, this man came up to her job like i have a problem with that like so he didn't yeah, just harass like, her at school he? he has to harass her at work that's so like, that's saying level, okay man. so you protected her at school but you're clearly not protecting her in any other way who has but to stop if, him from showing up in her neighborhood but then who should stop him even if he don't even if he was removed from the job, who's really, you know, and maybe she should take a gun go. class. Uh, she take wow. a gun class. But wait, Joe, gun. now no. I want to kick, argue the other side. I think yeah. Marquisha has a very interesting point here. When a police officer is in uniform, especially, but even if he weren't, if he's leaving the job and they're not protecting her off the job, your argument was, well, even what's going to protect him if he's not a cop, but you're no longer giving him the gun and the authority and the badge and the understand uniform that, but I'm to use that, misuse that position of authority. Right, but I understand that. And I'm not even questioning that. What I was saying, I was addressing the not having protection part. That That's the only element of that. that I, I, but, and I was I'm wondering whether there's a because level of protection. Because as far as it goes from the badge and the gun, actions was taking place to remove him from that area. To remove him out of because the worst thing you want now is this guy not to have something to do with for the rest of the day. So now she's got to put a restraining order, right? So you know that's that's what's probably you know if he doesn't stop his behavior. So now she's got to put a restraining order, and every time he comes within X amount of feet of her, she has to call the police. Right. So now she has to live like that. She has to live like that. You know, and I do feel for this young lady, one hundred. I mean, whatever it is that make this guy think it's okay to go up on her job, and then. You know, then to Snapchat and go through all this stuff. I mean, the bottom line is she said. Well, for, it, for me. No matter what he may think. She for said, me, no, it went no. from harassing on the job to stalking. Stalking, exactly. You know, so aren't there any stalking laws? Because once you start following mm-hmm. and Snapchatting right. and showing I mean, up at their job, it, to me, it's a stalking level. thing. I think they should escalate the problem from a work problem to a criminal problem. But you, you know what? There, there's another an, another. Per- <laughs> there's another side that we also need to look at here. Justice is dealt in an unequal fashion, and I think, basically, ethnically speaking, let's look at same scenarios with different ethnic groups and see what has happened. 
I totally believe the Latinos, okay, are always, especially in New Haven, <coughs> or when when it's time to do that, they've done something. They always give them the hardest punishment. Personally, this kid needs serious therapy. No, but what are you arguing? He because not, he's black, he got off easy. What What I'm saying is, if if you look at all other scenarios very similarly, let's see what has happened to them. Can you think of one? And um, no, I'm just thinking about a whole bunch of way uh, of things that have happened in the police force and how the Hispanics have always been given the maximum punishment. I'm trying to punishment. think, I can't think of one. So what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking of Casanova. Said. I mean, that was such a public slapdown, right? Over, over, over poor language. But it, but, it, but it carried on in the press but as it if somehow or other... Because his own people came out to rally for him. First of all, Babs, he didn't let his own employee have a union rep present when the guy came in to talk to him. I'm not, say, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... How you deserve a day? I'm just saying, no, no. The point I'm making is I'm just saying how it was explosive in the press and how mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Right or wrong, I'm not on his side well, or any of that. This is being, expl this is being think, explosive in the press as well. I mean, this thing is getting mad coverage. I hope so. Oh, it yeah. should. Well, we're talking two weeks in a row about it. Plus, I see it in different uh, locals. And uh, it, who knows? Does it, the way stand, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I understand Norma, what you're saying. You know, you know, Let me just I, I give really you do. an example. I remember, and we're talking about years ago, um, how this one Hispanic violated the law, and then he wasn't even allowed to ha get his pension. And yet others that oh, are yeah. not Hispanic have violated, and they kept their pension. Well, not only did they violate so the law. So it's really, I mean, justice whole, is not correct. We, we could talk about that, and, you know, the, the, the head of narcotics here who end up getting his pension, and we, we, how he's... They try to take away, he won that legally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. always oh, well, legally you win everything. And they're trying Look to at the Malik Jones the case. That. What's that? The Malik Jones case. Yes. Okay. That, that's I mean, wait, that, was, black that was a total injustice. But wait a second, that guy's, Malik Jones is black and this officer's black. Yep. Yeah, no, well, what I'm saying is look at how Malik Jones won the case originally. Okay. Oh, you're talking about civil lawsuits. The, 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 and then it was overturned on And then it was overturned. That was pure, pure injustice. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but you know, this as is, far as it goes with this, yes, Paul, to be honest, you know, there, there's, I don't think there's a simple answer to this. There are a lot of elements to this that, you know, that first, you know, you go through the anger, you go through the, you know, the, 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 the I, I'm quite sure. I, I don't know for a fact, but every time I hear this, I kind of sit back, especially when around Babs, because I know, you know, how you have, you have expressed your past uh, experience. You know, you have, that's redundant, but how you, you know, express your experience. And when I hear it, you know, I really, that's one of my reasons for sitting back. And I really do feel this because this is not yeah. like something that you could just come out with a straight up answer. And I'm trying to still be fair to this person to say, okay, was justice served by him being pulled off of the move from the school and put in there? There's so many different elements. And I'm, I'm over here like, what is the best way to handle this? Then he I don't really therapy. know if he, there need, is. he needs therapy. I think there's a... Oh, Harry, Harry Dros, I wish I had... When I was reporting the story, I wish I had thought of Harry's point about stalking. That's interesting. That is and our, interesting. And our, our readers have brought that up in the comments. Yeah, they have. And they've also might have brought up that they were listening to Pundit Friday on WNHH Radio. You're home for community radio at 103.5 FM and live streamed at newhavenindependent.org. It's Pundit Friday. Oh, got Babs Rolls Ivy. You know, I start Marquise using it Ricks, the same way, too. Norm, Norm oh, Rodriguez Reyes, star, Harry Dross, and Mr. Joe Ugly of the many titles in the studio breakdown that we used to do. Babs Rolls Ivy used to be a police commissioner. Yes. What? what 
Does this case remind you of any cases you dealt with there? How do you think they should? Do? I was at the police commissioner's meeting where this was mentioned. They didn't ask any questions about it. Chief, matter for the first story you wrote didn't have a lot of details because they weren't yet releasing the report because they had to redact parts of it, which is fine. So we wrote an article in the beginning where Campbell took heat for not the chief for not firing him. So we thought the report was going to maybe make people understand it better. But in fact, they brought up all these good points. Harry and Markeisha and, and Babs and Norma and Joe are bringing it up right here. Were you remembering, when were you a police commissioner and what kind of cases did you take on? Um, when I was a police commissioner, we I had just came on with the um, with the case with the, the young Yale student that was murdered. Annie Lane. Oh. No, no, no. The one before that. Jody. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I remember her. The yeah. one that they think the professor oh, right. killed oh, right, her right, right, right. and got yeah. off, okay. went away. Right. So I so came it, under that. Suzanne Jovin. Yes, the yeah. Jovin yeah. case. And I remember Mel Waring say, saying to chief. me, yeah. Chief Waring saying to me, he's like, there are no perfect murders, but there are perfect opportunities. And that stayed with me all the time. So when I, whenever I thought about crime or mm. when things happen mm. i always I, that just stayed stayed um, with me i i would imagine that the, the border Com- police commissioners probably had a conversation way before they had a public conversation about this and and you know maybe did you guys to do that when there'd be stuff coming up at discipline I mean, yeah we would had? we would we would have closed door sessions and we'd have these conversations about this and it'd be real talk <laughs> Not well, you know, one talk. reason I'm asking this, Babs, is this week the Board of Alders, it took them more than three years. By law, they had to come up with a plan for a new civilian review board. And that would be a group that's not a point, not uh, the same thing as the police commissioners. Well, that's a question here. That would review independently if they think there wasn't enough action taken in a case like this, Jeremy Elliott. There was a charter vision in 2013, a vote referendum that said we had to create this thing. We used to have one. It went into disuse. People thought it was toothless. They wanted more teeth. But then they found out that under state law, they can't give this board subpoena power. So they can't call cops before them and say, why'd you do this? So instead, what they're going to do is if they think they're going to get told from the beginning when there's an IA, when there's internal investigation, so they're not coming late in the game. And then if they don't like the outcome, they'll have 90 days not to bring in the cop, but to bring in the internal affairs people and maybe the chief and talk to them about it, review how they did it, and then maybe tell the chief, take another look at it. So some people are saying that's still no teeth. Other people saying, like the chief is saying he likes this. Campbell, he said that this gives more credibility to what we're doing and you bring in people, because this is going to be made up of people from all the 10 policing districts. So they feel like that's going to enable people in the community bring in more evidence they might have missed, videos, witnesses. But then other people are saying, well, we have a board of police commissioners and it in fact has subpoena power. We looked mm-hmm. it up after the last show, Harry. There is subpoena power. Yeah, we, we so, but the, So some people powers. say, should the board of police commissioners become more independent and do its job better? Or do we need the civilian review board? I mean, it's going to happen, but is it is it going to address anything? I think A is the right answer. Uh, you know, if you already have the subpoena power. You should not be tied to the police. And in 1977, I know they used it when they did the investigation of the illegal wiretapping operation. That was a great Mm -hmm. investigation. I've read those transcripts. But um, I don't know if they ever use it anymore. It doesn't seem like it's that kind of body. I mean, you have the power to subpoena. You do. (laughs) And they may be able to resolve things without having to do that. Now, the commissioner is a a appointed position. Yes. Yeah. You see, that they there lots of problems. You see, uh, but it's heavily vetted. Board, like they don't. It, it's a heavily between that and the board of education are probably heavily vetted. Heavily vetted. Well, oh, well, you know, let, I, don't, let, let, I don't know what let, it is now. Yeah, but. exactly. See, one, see that that's 
all left up to whomever is in charge. You know? But here's and the other piece. Yeah, and this change. is a this is the piece that I know will make all this crazy. You have to get people to want to serve and do this work. It right. takes time. It, it takes does. time. You're tired and, at and, night. And, you're listening and to you 20 think, of these things yeah. and, and trying it, to get Serving home. as a board of police commissioner was time consuming. It's mm-hmm. uh, So a civilian review board is going to be time consuming. And it's not going to be exciting and sexy like law and order. It's not TV. It's not TV. And it most is, of the time it's kind of boring and often the it cops is boring. are right. The cops are almost always right when they actually look into and these And when things. you start to look at these things and, and you start point. to, you know, it becomes, because people want, people think that they want something, resol- some imaginary thing resolved mm-hmm. and they think the way to do it is this, you know, let's have some gotcha kind of but do we, body. But would we argue that there is a problem that's being addressed, and which is why we had this referendum, that people feel there's not enough accountability for police? Like, we just had a case with our reporter being arrested where I feel they completely whitewashed the internal affairs report, which was an excellent report. And I feel like there's been all these incidents lately, some of the activities that even the New Haven police in a secondary role contributed to in the February protest after Route 34, and they knocked this harmless, unarmed guy to the ground, the guy with the dreads, Nate Blair, and gave him a concussion and i feel like over and over again there is a feeling in the community that the police cannot police themselves and they're not accountable oh no i i i kind of agree on some level i i i kind of agree that the police shouldn't be policing themselves that some outside entity ought to do it and maybe the board of police commissioners ought to be the outside entity maybe they need to not part of the appointed position because i think they they carry that pressure on them you know you are speaking about that route 34 uh connect to hold up there you know i look out my window and i see from i see 34 me from the 25th uh, floor uh <laughs> i see 34 and i look <laughs> hello little you know, people no, 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 I, no, you I see little dots human dots <laughs> and sometimes i'm up at two and three in the morning and really? i look at that you know, yeah and i look at that and i see Cue the I jeffersons literally, i literally count the seconds between cars and that's two or three in the morning you're looking at it like a 12 seconds uh, it's, a, it's a space between cars going over that bridge. And the reason why I did that is because I was trying to figure out, okay, what was really in this cop's mind and where they were. Remember, this happened in the daytime. So if there's a 12 seconds interval, like uh, an average at two in the morning, it's happened like around 10 or so in the morning. Now, this happened in the afternoon, Even and, in and the, the problem still didn't but happen on is, that. That's when they blocked the traffic, but the traffic what? was stopped, Joe. Right, right. No, they no, stopped no, no, the traffic, no, no. and they couldn't the get ambulances right, through. But what I'm saying is, is that. When you look at that, it probably backed all the way up to to ninety five. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. The cop came down there with the wrong attitude and the wrong dog, and the wrong approach, the whole wrong approach to the problem. But I could see what sparked it, you know. And I'm oh yeah, people, at there this, were people couldn't get to the hospital with a pregnant woman. Yeah. And I'm looking at that, and we, so yeah, is I, that I, true I though? It is true. We okay. confirmed it. We all found right. the name. We got the information. It was true. Okay, but so, so you see that. But you was see, they, but it wasn't at that scene where they, where they how he and the police riot didn't happen on thirty four Babs. It was later when they left the area. They didn't, they were standing right next to the organizers. We have the video inches. You and I are as close as the state police and their dog were to the organizers at rally. They did nothing at Route thirty four. Half hour later, oh, okay. in a in a big crowd on Chapel Street, they set the dogs going after. Well, what this is guy. their jurisdiction? Is their well, jurisdiction to come into the city limits? Well, that's another point. They were on a state road on 34, right. but they were on a city the street, street in, in Chapel. Chapel. Well, don't they have right. to defer to the local authorities? But the local authorities never said, and there's one criticism John Vilek and others made, was they should have said, we have this now, as soon as it got off 34. Right. Instead, but they should have they known the to not do that. Like, no, I, no, but the city police didn't tell them to leave. The city police hadn't even known this protest was taking place. They started oh. catching up. And then they all work together but, with but, their dogs. Yeah, but still, havoc. 
There it goes. That civilian review board should be looking at this in in depth. And why and didn't the, you know, that, the police commissioners? It's not has not been on their agenda. Why didn't they have a special look at this thing? Right. Okay. You know I'm not a police commissioner anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You still got the look. <laughs> but you are a pundit on Friday Pundits on Radio. You're listening to the Friday Pundits on Dateline New Haven at 103.5 FM, newhavenindependent.org. Markeisha. What? I just want to add something, just, just an observation, having covered a few uh, Board of Police Commission meetings. And I, I don't know what they've been in the past, but they're they're certainly not an independent body, right? So they're, they're while they do, I think, obviously get some issues of misconduct and things like that, like... They kind of take the chief at his word, his or her mm-hmm. word, whomever right. the chief is at the time. Because they're and, appointed. That's the reason. And and so yeah. like they I don't I don't see or I haven't seen anyone take on a, a role of, you know, well or of pressing why do you mm-hmm. you know, why not a harsher punishment? Right. Explain right. to me why you took this particular yeah. approach. Right. Even when um that young woman who was a rookie cop got fired, they weren't really you questioning, know, going in depth. You know, they weren't. I, I think they they were kind of the mindset of if the police department wants to fire her, then we're we're not we're certainly not gonna. Say and to be fair, no the chairman and at Bab says a lot of volunteer hours. The chairman yeah. Anthony Dawson is a, a former alder. He's given his whole life to public service since he was 16 years old mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s in the, in his teens, and he did form the first civilian review board. So he cares about these issues. And that's I because think that, he couldn't get on the, the board of police commissioners <laughs> under John DeStefano. And he was hot about that and mad about that for many, 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 many years. So here's so now we have a new mayor. Here he comes. And, you know. I'm just wondering whether there are institutional reasons that board is not independent enough. Probably. I, oh, probably. I would, I would think absolutely. I yes. watch it sitting there those long and hours, and after the meeting's over, they have the executive session with 15 more cases to look at. And you're thinking, okay, you know, it's like, you know, do you have the time or interest to really make an issue I'll, of it? I'll be very curious to see, you know, because I think there are definitely people who've been pushing for a civilian review board. It's a lot of hours. But also, I think, you know, maybe the people who've been pushing for it think they're going to get on it, and that might not be the case. So right. then all of a sudden now, they're not happy with the civilian okay. review board. So, like, there's just, I think, I, I sense there's going to be no. some drama. I'd like no. at this time to mention, to mention, to <laughs> mention, uh, give me right, a board, <laughs> give me a board that is independent. I'd right. like to know of a board that is independent. Well, yeah, I can see the Civilian Review Board being independent because... But uh, it has no power. It, right. They have no teeth. So that's why I think the commission should be independent where they don't... They're, can you hear me now? Good. <laughs> So where they can make a decision without having to worry, okay, the mayor appointed me, and now I'm going to piss her chief off or his chief off. You know, I also that's think the, they're human I beings. That's if the I'm nature of the board, beach. You also like the people. Like, I like the cops. You know, yeah. if I was on that board, I would like them, and I would be sympathetic to what they tell me. And there is a reason that you need independent sometimes to look at stuff that, you know, just like with Trump when they're talking about the need for an, in- sorry, Harry, they need, you know, an independent person to look at something rather than a stooge like they have this guy Nunez who's like misusing classified information to try to protect the president instead of having an independent investigation. Oh, wow, what a pivot. <laughs> um, let me comment on the civilian review board first. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's necessary I don't think there should be any community activists on it or anything like that. Good point. Good but point. Who's going to be on it then? Exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I know, I know what you mean, Harry. I know, I, you know, I know what you mean. But uh, now the Nunez thing, you know, he screwed up. No, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you're not walking away that like No, he screwed up just Yo, like, just oh. like uh, 
Yeah. All the Democrats do. Oh, no, no, no. Give me one. Oh, no, no. Give me one. <laughs> I think from Harry, that was pretty big admission. You know, I don't know if I agree with Harry about the activists. So the way they're picking the members of the Civilian Review Board is we have 10 management teams in our city. We divide the city into 10 policing districts. And those are the people who care and come to neighborhood meetings. Mm-hmm. And they really are good people. I think that is the... Those are the seeds of our democracy in New Haven, in my opinion. Are these management teams, developers come in here with neighborhood has to think, and there's no perfect way to find out what the voice of a neighborhood is, but I can't think of a better one than those management teams. The people who actually come out on a once a month and care enough to hear about what's going on in the neighborhood and asking neighbor, uh, That's true. Stuff. So they're going to give names to the mayor, and she's going to pick among those. Then the mayor will get to pick three more. And I don't know if I wouldn't put activists on Harry, unless you mean people who just you feel are, are going to be unbiased. I do feel like people are no, activists he just, he, by he just blew a whistle. By being on a community management yeah, team, did. you're an activist. But it is true that you're the oh, kind of activist that maybe is more constructive, or maybe that's an unfair way to put it. Someone who's more a problem solver instead of the kind of people we also need right. who are convinced that the system's all broken and you're just always going to say they're but wrong. But no, no, no. And I, I would, don't want I someone would, who thinks it's all broken. I would yeah. add that... E- one example, it's not an independent board. It's a board that was appointed by the mayor. It was her task force, her policing task force, which has people who are legitimately activists, who are who are very much, I don't trust the police at all. So and you have people on there who are like, I love the police. They're great. And they do everything right. So and yet those people Let- have been able to produce pretty good recommendations about things that the police department should improve Now, on, let me make sure I opinion. understand this. There's a board of commissioners. There's a task force, I understand now. And there's a civilian review board. And, going to uh, be. Going Joe, to be. it's time for you to have the Joe Ugly board. <laughs> the Ugly oh Police Board. Oh but here's goodness. the thing. Now, Marquisha brought and up And then you got me looking force. at the 25th floor. So, Jesus so you got us covered. Oh, that's the real power. It's just like too much, too. The, the but, you know, Marquisha cuts, brought up this task force. It was a mayoral task force after that incident on St. Patrick's Day a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with the viral okay. video showing the cops slamming a, a, a handcuffed 15-year-old girl to the ground. The black girl. Hospital. Yes. At a St. Patrick's Day. By the Day. white cops. And I still feel to this day Parade. that that has never... All the task force and everything. People have never said, well, that shouldn't be going on. They also all believe that was okay. And now this Ooh. task force, Ooh, every right. cop. Oh, okay. And then, no, no, and no, then, because you said people. I was I'm like, sorry. Ooh. And our okay. cops are people. And then, and then Marquisha, <laughs> I agree with her so much. That this, so, okay. so this task force was a great group. Like. It had cops <laughs> who don't like some of the activists with the activists they don't like really working together and reviewed all our general orders and came up with great ideas. And I thought it was one of the best task force reports I've seen. And I believe it's going to have zero impact because I didn't think that at first, but the fun things they said is what's broken after all these years is the way they have policies on cameras and citizens and cameras. You have to retrain and get this right. So they said, okay, we'll retrain and get this right. Then we had our, our recent case where they took our reporter's camera at a scene. Internal Affairs did a report that said, in fact, their sergeant, not even a beat cop, violated that order. First time, they've they've never enforced this rule Mm -hmm. for years and years after they've lost lawsuits about how they misuse people's cameras. They promised to retrain people twice. A new state law was written holding cops individually liable because of these problems. After all that, they had their first opportunity after this task force report to say, Our own internal affairs said this was violated. Instead, what they did is they whitewashed the report and said, we still feel it's okay that she violated the rule because she might have come up with some other reason for taking the camera and that would have been okay. Given how fundamentally this police department is unable to police itself or follow its own general orders, I don't don't see how we should have any hope 
that they that this will bring about change. And I think that's going to be the fundamental problem with the Civilian Review Board not having any teeth. If they don't mm-hmm. have the power to override anybody, right. if they don't have the pl- power to say, the you know what, the police is actually wrong in this right. instance, right. and either a head should roll, mm-hmm. and it should be more than retraining, and there has to be some demonstrable way that you can prove that this training has gone down through the rank and file, and we don't care who like, likes it or doesn't like the new rules, mm-hmm. but you're going to follow the new rules. Mm-hmm. And yes, we, the Civilian Review Board, said, like, they're, they're, if they don't have any power, this isn't going to go anywhere. And in fact, they're anywhere. saying, they're training them. They're training them to break the order. They're saying, even if you break it and it's proved you've broken it by our own internal affairs, we're going to come up with another and excuse And see, a Civilian Review Board should it. be able to say, you interpreted that incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. And this is the problem and, with And this, this is what you have citizen. to do. And maybe it takes the mayor saying, I agree with the Civilian Review Board. You need to fix this. And this is the problem with citizens and the police because, you know, you, you have someone who, who hear this, you know, and he, you, you feel helpless. Like you have, these guys have all the power on their side. And you as a civilian, you really and truly don't have a, a They've declared They've declared way. war this year on protesters. They've declared war on the press. Mm-hmm. They're really good people at the police department, but it's the thin blue line. Oh, yeah. And they're going to do whatever they want to us, and they're going to get away with it. And then, the, you know, the, the, you got this, uh, look, I'm totally against the no snitching rule coming from the from the uh, civilians and coming from the hood. I got the same attitude coming from the police department, where one is refused to tell about the, you know, what the other right. one is doing. Assistant Absolutely. chief level is yep. protecting them. And, and right. again, and that starts the at the same. top in terms of right. what happens down below, but... Uh, there's supposedly a saying in community policing that we are the community and the community are the police. Mm. So they're not supposed to have more power than so we have. Propose- and we're not, you know, and we're, we're supposed to have power to critique what they do. No, that because they, they call that arrogant and us trying to tell them how to do their job. So what if we just bury this word community <laughs> okay. policing? We haven't had it for a long time. I think we're not going to have it. Why don't we just hope for the best? Most of the cops are great cops. Most of the days they do great wow. work. Wow. I don't know. I mean, you know what, Paul? I cannot, I cannot let go of community policing yeah, I, because I, I came in under community policing it, and no. I understood when Nick, Pastor, when Nick Pastor broached that concept right. it, I, and I understood why he did it and I understood that, you know what, that, 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 that we are all together in this, that mm-hmm. policing happens with everybody, right. that everybody has to watch the, over the and community. And you're talking about the early 90s when we brought in community policing, which yes. was the real community policing. Right. Do you remember one of the first things he did was to hold a white cop Accountable. Um, accountable for shooting mm-hmm. some guy. Where wrong. is Nick? We need Nick. And they had a mass walkout <laughs> by white cops where uh-huh. they jammed the police radios and murders took place. And he won and he changed the culture. But as soon as he was gone in 97, the change back. back. And Correct. Mayor DeStefano yeah. instituted old style policing where they did the roundups of the people on the streets on some minor drug stuff and harassed them. What do you think, Babs, that it's really possible to get it back? Do you know? Do you know your beat I cop? Absolutely, I absolutely. Who's your beat cop? I have no idea. Well, how can you have community policing if an active because woman I, who's on the board of police commissioners as an alder doesn't know who her cop? But is? That does we don't hang out that, in the street or at yeah, work yeah, all the time. I don't, I don't, but that First does of all, not I don't mean, know. Paul, that it should not come back. <laughs> no, I think I think Babs is like almost everybody in New Haven. I don't know. Now I know lots and lots of cops, more than a hundred. I know lots and lots of cops. I don't know any cops on my neighborhood. I don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. I, I used they, to know, but they, I come, don't... <laughs> they are the military in my neighborhood. Really? That's a problem. That's a problem. See, I don't think I, I would mean, say that. Like, no, I don't feel well, that way. He, well, he he has the right feelings, are not and that's why they, they arrested our reporter, who was a well-known person in our neighborhood, right. who was a community volunteer, and they didn't even know who he was. Even right. he had a big press tag on his chest. I mean, that's a problem, but I don't think I don't think that's that's enough to sort of say let's do away with the thought of. The, the high ideas of pol- community policing. 
I have faith in that. I think what happens, I think what needs to happen is the culture has to change from top. From top. So you see any way making that happen? I agree with you, Babs. I agree with you. It did change from the BDP to police. And that's uh, the beatdown posse. But now, since then, we've gone through chief after chief after chief. Does not mean that we give up on it. We can't give up. We can't give up. We just haven't found the right chief with the right stuff. You know, we just have it. Yeah, we went all the way to Chief Bastor before we got it. And then it changed back. Maybe we got to go a little longer. So but keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Keep Don't hope give alive. Up. Don't give keep up. Alive. Keep dreaming. Keep hoping. <laughs> no, absolutely. And keep reminding people they're listening to Pirate Friday <laughs> on WNHH, your home for community radio at 103.5 FM, live steamed at newhavenindependent.org. We're doing Pundit Friday with the best pundits in the media universe. I'm talking about people like Harry Dross, Joe Ugly, Norma Regis Reyes. Babs Rolls Ivy and the number one reporter in the universe, Marquisha Ricks. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, not good enough for you, huh, Marquisha? She is the commuter. <laughs> you know what's good enough for Marquisha? She was good enough to hear an expert from Yale go up to Hartford and talk to lawmakers who want to legalize marijuana and give, and give some data, give some data that, that gave her some pause. What did you hear, Marquisha? Did it change your mind about legalizing pot? It did not, but but he he um I think he he testified for nearly two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I, it, he was not high. He was he was very sober. <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, but no, he it, he was really interesting because you know you you get the people who are the classic. Oh, I'm worried about my kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm worried uh, and the impact that it's going to have on like it's it's the gateway drug. It's the gateway right. drug. That kind of fear that people really really have, but it's not based on anything for real. Right. Um, so, you know, he was he, he talked a, a bit about his own research. He's a, 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 a psychiatric uh, or a professor of psychiatry at Yale University. He also is in charge of um, um, studies at a, at a Yale clinic as well as the VA Medical Center, looking at people who um, the effect of drugs like uh, cannabinoids on um, people who have like schizophrenia, which mm-hmm. he, he laid out there. He's like, there's absolutely no question that people who have schizophrenia who um, use marijuana have very bad outcomes. He also um, is that right? Yes. Well, yes. it makes you more paranoid. I can see. That. Um. So. Um. And but he also talked about. He kind of, for me, clarified some things. He, he definitely clarified that it's not a, marijuana is not a gateway drug. It's not as addictive as even nicotine. But that said, there are issues. He in his mind, based on the research that says, obviously, driving under the influence of marijuana is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And. Specifically, the the twin dangers of having a glass of wine or a glass of right. beer or any other alcohol, just one drink, mm-hmm. and then adding a small dose of, of, of marijuana you and how that, that severely impairs your ability. And then how do we find out what facts are? So some readers say, well, this guy's got money from industry, so that taints Absolutely. what he's doing and they have something to lose marijuana. But other people say, okay, so they have facts that in Colorado and Washington there are more traffic problems since the marijuana law, but other people say... Can you really look at it that way? Because marijuana use was still rising. And then other people say, is that still a reason not to legalize it? And then other people say there have been studies that show you don't drive worse, which is weird because it's counterintuitive. I just remember that I haven't smoked pot in like 30 years. But I remember when I did, <laughs> I can't imagine myself being behind the wheel. But right. yet there have been studies that show you kind of chill and the problem is you're driving too slow there, like Chichin Chan. People who smoke pot are driving? Exactly. Exactly. I've never heard such a thing. Well, you know what's really crazy. I've never seen pot smokers driving. I when you that. smoke pot, you got to get somewhere and sit down and chill out. They take, you know, they, they smoke pot to go to sleep. I'm like, oh, brother, that's waste, you ask me. But you know, that's something <laughs> about driving while under the influence. 
is not going to be an issue within three to five years from now because of the new cars that they have developed in which that they drive, drive themselves. themselves and they park and they they, they do everything by that, themselves. That, that, that's that's, that's nice, but I don't think everybody in the hood is going to go get themselves <laughs> one of those cars that drives themselves. Yes, they will. My, prob- well, no, they they will. My problem is, is that... As technology grow, yes. It'll, they it'll they give these right. reports on the marijuana and how the effects, mm-hmm. but this all types of synthetic marijuanas. And as soon as you legalize, mm-hmm. all of that synthetic marijuana comes in and it's more potent than the regular marijuana. So, so I mean... And well, I, Harry, I think one of, one of the arguments with that, though, one of the arguments with, with that, though, is that, and in general about marijuana, is that everybody's already smoking. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a concern about there being an increase of teen use in marijuana, um, particularly in the states that have already legalized recreational marijuana. And there there have been increases, but states like Colorado already were trending in those cre- increases. And also, um, if you the awareness among teenagers mm-hmm. for marijuana being, whether it being safe or addictive, mar- th- this, this particular professor says marijuana is definitely addictive, but it's not addictive in the same way that cocaine is addictive. Mm-hmm. But teen use is also flat, like across the board. National well, studies have shown. Now. Will this is change it? it? No, but is it really and, and flat? And it's, it's flat because kids will tell you. A high uh, school, ask any high schooler you know. They can get weed. They can get it no, easier no, no, than they the can get alcohol. Is, they can get it easier than any other they can, they substance. Can, yeah, they probably say they could get it, but how many of them are willing to admit that they're using it? So and that, that's the thing. So that's, more of them are wi- are willing to admit that they're using it in places that it's legal. So, oh, if more, so that would but, skew the numbers. You know, yeah. I, just, I just hung out this week with it's someone like, from Kansas. Smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> puff, puff. From some from, okay. from a friend that came episode, to visit. Somebody bring me. <laughs> we from gotta a, test. Are we are we good pundits? <laughs> we? It, we gotta do it for the culture. Do it for science. Just no. Norma Weed Rodriguez. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I'm one of them dull people. Never did I have ever done it. Okay, never ever. Norma. But let me tell you, here. I used to get high. I used to get high. Just from go- when I w- when I was a student at UConn, just from going into the dorm, okay, because at that time it was tolerated. Now at UConn, forget it if you do it. But to going back to the Kansas City, a gentleman was telling me that it's legalized over there in Kansas, and the workforce has really, really suffered a lot in terms of people, wow. you know, going to work and all that other stuff. So, Is I it keep... legal in Kansas City? Yeah, yeah, in Kansas. Or Kansas. Kansas City, Missouri? Or Kansas, Kansas. Where the Wizard of Oz is from. Where is the Wizard Kansas. of Oz? Kansas. Kansas. The state of Kansas. The state of Kansas. Yes, the state of Kansas. I didn't know Kansas uh, went legal. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Well, but, 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 but people drink. Well, Drinking yeah. is legal. I, I, have a, I have a Jamaican friend who told me. <laughs> <Yeah. that. laughs> We it all would, got a Jamaican it would be a, oh, not, it would be a not mistake. Not Joe Ugly, right? No, but they, no, I'm well, from Trini. Not, not Joe. But they, they, you know, they told me it would be a mistake to actually legalize. What? Marijuana. We, why? Because yeah. of the cut in somebody's business. Exactly. That's what <laughs> Don't let no Yachty fool you, man. Hold on, man. <laughs> I was about to say, so an interesting it point. Says there here it's a... not legal in Kansas, Norman. It says here that they had a bill that died, and now they're trying to revive it. Uh, mm, so he gave me wrong information. Maybe, on the, on the, maybe it's Marquise's point. Maybe they're all smoking pot, and that's the problem. <laughs> it was legal already. No, but um, on the oh, business end, on, on the business end, there was a, a policy guy uh, at the at the hearing 
who talked about, you know, he's like, I'm not for it or against it. But if you do legalize it, you have to the state has to be very conscious in its pricing because you don't want to price it so low that you can't cover the cost of regulating it. And you don't want to price it so high that you keep the black market in business. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, like, you know, the, the thing about this is. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm sorry, Jay. Some of that mic. That's it's not you. It's the mic. Yeah. It's the mic. It's got to be the mic. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, but the, the thing about this whole marijuana. I, I said this last week or week before we were having this conversation. The secondary market on this has not even hit the shores yet. It, and when it does and that explodes, mm. I can guarantee you half the half of the holdback from legalizing this is going to really hit. If they legalize, but, can we get together and have a, a dispensary? I don't want a dispensary. Uh, could help fund the independent WNHH. Right. <laughs> I'm ready fund to push. Fund me. I'm ready, no, I'm have an independent right strain. I'm ready to push paper. <laughs> but you know what? In Massachusetts, um, I want it under paper. The, there's a big problem going on because <laughs> they're sorry. making their money from illegal use, so the banks are not accepting that money. Mm-hmm. So they're breaking into a lot of the places. And you have to do, I don't know how, how much, mil- um, you have to, they, they are auctioning off you being able to have a dispensary. Well, yeah, it's a big, and it's, it's going a to the highest bidder. for robbery because it is a cash business right now. It's right. against, it's it's against, against the federal, federal law. law. Right. But one of the things about that, what that has done, however, it has employed a lot of uh, soldiers, a lot of veterans uh, who have come home and playing a major role. I know someone who is playing a major role right now. Colorado. Yeah, we got more sources in here than the GOP. <laughs> he is, he is, they have, he have a great company right now where security. they are handling secure transport because they they had they took this old uh, warehouse created a vault and they're part of the holding cell. Yeah. They, they you know it's it's in the my wife's uh, brother-in-law is a retired cop in the southeast New York narcotics and he retired to do a marijuana growth farm in Michigan. <laughs> I thought that would be the greatest marketing possibilities narcweed. <laughs> we know we know the best. <laughs> Been around in a while. <laughs> no, call it evidence room. <laughs> oh, that could be a strand. <laughs> so now I was wondering before we end the show in our last few minutes, can I ask you guys to put your detective hats on? Because there's Uh-oh. a mystery in New Haven. Uh-oh. Here we go. A 32-foot pole fell in Ninth Square this week. One of those historic-looking um, right. street lights that they pitted during the Ninth Square projects. Mm-hmm. So the right the it was the wind. So a nice square market, the guy's making a bacon egg sandwich at 8 a.m. rush hour. He looks out his window. It's between Center and Crown Streets. And he's watching, and this thing topples over right into the street. And for some grace of God, there were no drivers going by. It didn't hit a car. No people. No one got hurt. That's the second one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because uh, I get, there's something wrong with those. Now you really got a question. I don't know... One day I was, one morning I was walking up, riding by, what's that, uh, the dollar store next to the, across from... The green. No, the the one that's next to Foot Locker there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right right over there. Yeah. I was walking up there, and one of those things was laying on the ground. Oh, really? It toppled over. Now, that's a, it, I, are I those the historic looking, ones, too? Those yeah, the same it was on the, it, a star, the they historic have the big star one, right. Yeah. And what I was looking for, I was, uh, I was trying to see if I saw any skid marks. And I'm doing mad investigation yeah. over there. You want to talk about detective? I didn't see any, you know, like somebody running into it. And did I see any car parts? And in this case, too. So what happens, I talked to the engineer from the city. So what he said is oh, the base boy. was rotted out, right? That's what's There's going a metal on. base there where the bolts are. So he, there are six others like it on the block. And they inspected them all. Four of them were perfect. 
Two of them might have had a tiny bit of rust, so they're going to pull them up to see. But this was the only one that was really rotted out. Mm. So that, what would be the theory? So my wife had just read an article in the New York Times that in France, these lampposts are falling because everyone pees on them from the bar. Oh! And the, ur- the urine was actually wearing Acid. it down. Oh, okay. Now, there is a bar there, but it's not oh! the bar district. It's a yuppie bar. It hasn't been there a long time. Hmm. So I don't know why that one, they weren't peeing on the other ones. <laughs> but then Ben Berkowitz had a different theory, was that he thinks people are stealing the metal at the bases for scrap metal. Mm-hmm. And that's why it grows. But again, why would it be that one? Not I was the about others? to Any say, they theories? should test New Orleans because... The whole <laughs> the Bourbon Street up. just smells like urine. So and so, that's if like, anything's rusted, those those things down there are rusted. <laughs> wow, that's uh, interesting though. So, what are they going to do now with well, these posts? Well, they're they're pulling up the two. Make them piss proof. <laughs> well, they're pulling up the two that they didn't find any major problems on. But normally, they don't think another one's very topical. But Joe Ugly is just added to the case by what he saw by Foot Locker. Yeah. Well. What we're going to do now is we're going to use American iron. That was Chinese iron. We're going to create jobs. And there you have it, the last word from our resident, brave, the courageous manager, fan, Harry Dross. That That is a great way to end this. Thank you. Americanized. Thank you for joining us Thank today you. at Dateline New Haven. Thanks to the best pundits in the media universe and any other universe. Babs rolls Ivy. A great week on the radio, Babs. Babs Love Talk, your show is rocking. Marquisha Ricks, what a great week of reporting from you, Hartford, New Haven. Norma Rodriguez Reyes, Harry Droz, and Joe Ugly. And you see how he says, and Joe Ugly. Watching the city from the 25th floor. (laughs) Nothing gets by him. Actually, I'm on another floor. I'll go with 25. So ah. he's, he's got to stopwatch at 2 in the morning to see the distance between the cars down below. <laughs> you know, I, I Count the seconds you know, between I'm cars. I mean, these therapy. I yeah, I do, I do. No, no, no. Things like that interest me. You know, Maybe it's you like, need to get high at night. <laughs> That's probably what it is. But I heard they go to sleep these days when they get high. So we're going to... The doctor said that once you use marijuana to go to sleep, you can't stop using marijuana to go to sleep. See, that they go. They're like... Oh, by the way, one last last observation. Marquisha Ricks has a fashion statement today. Yes, I love her hat. Wearing the the headphones upside down. So that she can also wear her hat. Yeah. Oh, all right. She's the Fashion first. That's right. So we're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience. I love the scent. Performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free. From the group CD, A Plea for Peace. Now we know what it's like to be free. We just got to remember to book our flight. So book it and fly free with us all weekend long at WNHH, your home for community radio. Yes. Until next time.